All right, creatures of the night, welcome to episode 73 of Talking Taker, our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all tizam. My name is Alex Dorio. I am one of your co-hosts. I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. And I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my mate. Is that what they call him in England? Sure. Good enough. Yeah. <laughs> my uh, wrestling buddy, Mr. Travis White. Lord Travis White, as they call him across the pond. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and Travis, I can't wait. Tonight, we are covering WWF Hugh Rex. I mean, WWF <laughs> Insurrection uh, 2001. <laughs> Sorry, man. I got WCW on oh. my brain. They are invading, getting ready to invade at uh, this moment here in WWF history. What do you think, man? Are you excited to talk about another trip across the pond on this show? I am, man. I've never seen this show, so it was fun to uh, go back and watch uh, this. And <laughs> I can't wait to talk about some of the little nuances and some of the funny stuff. This Something happened with the production on this trip, it seems like. But uh, anyway, man, yeah, I'm excited to do that. I'm excited for the new year. You know, last year we closed up 2018. I think we're knocking on the door of 2019, and apparently I uh, forgot to knock because the Undertaker just pushed me out of the way like big did Big Show, and I got uh, some kind of sick <laughs> flu I've been dealing with, and my, my Bulldogs lost, and then Taker threw salt in my wound on on, on, uh, on Twitter or whatever that was, Instagram, hook them horns. So, yeah, man, it's been a rough new year for me so far. And then, to top that all off, we found some sad news. Uh, today. Yeah, sorry about the loss to the Bulldogs, and it's just a shame. Ty, we, take we, weren't, we weren't uh, excited to play that game anyway. <laughs> they were excited, we weren't. So. They were, they were. And Undertaker were apparently <laughs> hook em horns, Texas fan. Yeah. I, I was scrolling yeah. on Instagram, I was like, what's Undertaker doing the too sweet for? Is he joining <laughs> all elite wrestling? Oh, yeah. oh no. Yeah. Oh no. He had to uh, brag about it. And, man, he'll probably, yeah. he'll probably be an Alabama fan uh, when they win, or if they sure. win the national championship. Austin is. Steve Austin is. I do not understand that. That, It bugs me. Why why are you not Texas? He's never lived there. He used to live in Georgia for years. No, I hate that he's an Alabama fan. That pisses me (laughs) off. But anyway, yeah, that was sad. But of course, the real sad news is we're recording this today on Wednesday, just a few hours ago. Uh, If you listened to it, it was a couple days ago. But we learned the passing of legendary wrestling announcer Mean Gene Okerlund at, uh, I believe, 76 years old. Very, very sad to hear him go. You know, you people say this a lot, but you often don't mean it. But I, I really do mean it when I say that he was the absolute best at what he did. As far mm-hmm. as that backstage interviewer role, there has never been a better one in professional wrestling, maybe in all of sports. <laughs> like That's true. Yeah. He's just fantastic about it even beyond wrestling and uh man just just really really sad uh to hear that news yeah it was man he he'd always get his little quips and he wouldn't let those guys like rest he, he'd keep them on their toes man just the way he interviewed him and stuff, i just loved it and so even when he went to wcw because again i didn't know too much of his stuff from wwf as a child because i uh didn't watch too much with him I, I loved him in wcw then when i grew up you know and went back and watched all his wwf stuff it was just He's phenomenal. Like you said, he's the best probably in any sport, any kind of entertainment. He's just the best there is. And I think we saw him, what, at Raw 25 last year? Yeah. I yeah, believe in still January. Going. He's still with the company. Yeah. You know? So I remember he used to host Confidential. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Loved it. He, he so, still to this day popped up on WWE yeah. Network, WWE.com, doing random oh, stuff. He would, and... he would do the voiceover for um, Storytime. I wonder. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, oh, yeah. no. I do love Storytime on there. He's great <sighs> on it, too. Yeah. 
Keen Jean. But well, we here at Talking Tech, we want to say rest in peace. You know, in all seriousness, so we'll miss we'll miss Mean Gene. Not too much interaction with Undertaker and Paul Bear, but yeah, you know, he was a, there the first three years of Undertaker's career. And there are a few yeah. moments. You know, Undertaker did a lot of stuff. Yeah, the funeral parlor segment, mm-hmm. and and then he'd have a lot of on location promos. So he didn't have, but he did have a few with Mean Gene. And you know, the great thing about Gene was he would he had so much personality and yes. I don't blame the guys nowadays. Cause I don't think the company lets them show they make, they force them to be robots and, you know, not interact when they do an interview, they just ask a question and hold the mic up and they don't even get to make a facial expression right. ever. Uh, except like Renee young, that's people like her. Cause she gets to show a little bit of personality when she right. does it, but no one else seems to, but mean Jean, he would interact. He would he would say things. He would ask questions. You know, have a He'd conversation. Question their motives and stuff. Oh yeah. yeah, he would press on the heels and you know get pissed off at them. And that was <laughs> he he helped really get these characters over with his yes. reactions. Much the same way Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon did. And you know it is sorely missed. And and he will be sorely missed. Uh, do you have any favorite specific promos or memories of him, Travis? I just think I'm going to go dial one 909 from the WCW Hotline because <laughs> I'll never forget that phone number thanks to Mean Gene or Skeen Gene, as Chris Jericho would have called him back in the WCW days. So, um, My favorite might have been when that SummerSlam thing fell on his head and he dropped the F-bomb. But so other than that, just his interactions uh, with all those big stars and, and the ones with uh, Randy Savage when Randy Savage oh, would go yeah. crazy and pull the uh, creamers out of his hands and he's like where'd you get that or your mustache is cooking that's it that's my favorite <laughs> that's probably my favorite your mustache is cooking your beard's a little weird your beard <laughs> 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 and I don't think that you can separate business from friendship I'm your friend but if I ever see you in the ring I can beat you don't you know yeah 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 Randy Savage I know your you're... mustache is crooked your beard is a little sideways, too, but I don't want to get into that. That's I'm not going right. to take personal pot shots at you or anybody else. That's not my nature. Get in line, everybody. I'm a little better me. guy than that. I don't mind telling you. Cool, I'm man. a bigger man. Cool. Well, how did we get into this? That's okay, man. Very curious. I'm going to take Lex Luger. It's just, that was great. So. Yeah, him with Macho yeah. Man had so much chemistry, and uh, I love that. <laughs> um, There's a great, uh, like, five-minute... I think it's from the WWE Network, from that Jerry Springer show they had like way mm, back yeah. when the network mm-hmm. started. It's just like Too five minutes of, of uh, Mean Gene bloopers and oh, him yeah. uh, cracking up and laughing at stuff. It's it's pretty classic. <laughs> it's on YouTube. You can find it out there. But yeah, yeah R.I.P. to the legend. That's right. That's right. But uh, well, you know that's some sad news, of course. Uh, but we're we're gonna try to transition on here and move along out of it as we get into our episode. But before we do, you know, we've got a bit of an abbreviated episode here, talking about this UK pay per view, and uh, it's only got a week's worth of television in between this and yeah. our last episode. So we thought we could uh, kill a little time here, not kill a little time, but entertain you with something else here. As Travis. Uh, not to plug myself, but I got you this. <laughs> oh, Undert- yourself over, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got you the Undertaker graphic novel that the WWE put out a few months ago for Christmas. And I know you got to look over it there around the holidays. And I know a lot of our listeners have probably picked it up as well. But for those of you that haven't, I thought maybe you could give us a review of it. Anything you learned from that and uh, tell us, <laughs> uh, you know, what's, what's the deal with it? What do you think of it? Should the Creatures of the Night pick this thing up? Oh, I, without question, I absolutely recommend picking this up. Undertaker, Rise of the Dead Man, 
Uh, I have no idea why this is the quote from the front, but it says a massive leap forward and it's by ESPN. That's the quote <laughs> on the front. I don't know what we're leaping forward into or from or how it's a massive leap forward because it literally just tells us backstory. So I don't probably understand. from the Ultimate Warrior comic book. It's a leap forward from that. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Well, um, man, I just want to break it down real quick if that's fine. Uh, it's got I don't think four, maybe four chapters anyway. But chapter one is starts off with um. The nightmare began before anyone knew his name. And it literally never says his name. It doesn't give him a name, which is kind of cool. But um, it starts off, we get a picture of the Last Chance Funeral Home and Crematory, the only mortuary services for 50 miles. Now, that's important, that little hmm. sign right there. Is. Okay. So this is where Taker and his brother Kane grew up. And we see them as children cutting wood for, I don't know. For the coffins. I guess, cremating people? I don't yeah. know. Or maybe for making <laughs> Building the coffins. <laughs> but um, basically, you kind of get this idea that uh, Kane's kind of – uh, he, Taker's pushing is like faster Kane. He says life waits for no man. That's, that's, kind, that's kind of what Dad always used to tell him. So, um, and then it shows them being trained how to uh, how to like do um, embalming and stuff. So, we, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. Shows them fishing and they're kind of teasing each other. And uh, Taker is making Kane hold his hand over the flame. Like they they built a campfire and uh, Taker's kind of pushing him like you're kind of a wuss. You know, I know it burns, but you got to you know give into it and. You know, you'll be tough one day. And then we go fast forward, kind of fast forward to what we know in Kayfabe storyline is what happened is that Kane burns down the house, which is what we all seem to have known in, in the WWF storyline. So Kane burns the house down kind of on accident and Taker runs back to, to, to see the house and he sees it burning and he's like, mother, father, Kane. So basically the only person that has a name is Kane. There's no mother and father <laughs> mother name father or mother and father. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do we see have. do we see young Paul Bearer working in the funeral home and <laughs> No. Not yet. So that's where yeah, this has changed from the uh quote unquote true storyline here of what, Paul what Bearer. What do we say about Undertaker's mom? One leg in New York, <laughs> one in California. <laughs> yeah. We don't get any of that the X rated <laughs> stuff here. But um we do see stuff in the turkey. <laughs> the yeah. Table. We don't get that. In fact that's one of my uh that's one of the things I wanted to point out about the story is that um, – so in this story, Kane burns down the house, and it never comes back around to saying that Undertaker actually did it. Ah, he did it on purpose. Hmm. That that, never, that changes, and we don't see Bear working at the funeral home as when Kane – or when Taker's a child. However, when you flip the next page, it says five years later, and it basically Paul Bear is like, hurry up, boy. We got services today, so he's got Taker working um, at his um, funeral home, I guess. Okay. I don't know. It says bearer out front, so I guess they have their own. He has his own little place, so maybe he wasn't at the same one. But anyway, a little difference right there. Yeah, a little different, a little different. Again, it's all made up anyway, but yeah, it's definitely course. different than what we're uh, used to in the WWF story. So um, they're running over some business, and Taker's like um, talking to him. You know, I'm kind of peaceful, and I just want to you know do my thing. And thanks for finding me at the orphanage. I'm grateful for that you found me. So that's what happened here in this storyline, is that he got picked up from an orphanage. Okay. Then we get some mafia bonehead walks in, <laughs> and he winds up. He's like, "I'm gonna shut this whole place down, bear. This belongs to the Accardo family until you pay us what you owe." So now we've slipped into like the movie Heat or Goodfellas or something. I don't know. We got the mafia. So. Bearer owes a debt to this Accardo family, and Whoa. this guy smacks Taker across the face, and um. You know, uh, then Taker gets up and punches this dude in the gut and then wraps his hands around his throat. So we see the beginnings of him 
doing the choke, I guess. And he throws ah, this guy uh-huh. out of the window. <laughs> <laughs> throws him through a window. Well, and he says, perfect. did I do that's, the right thing, Paul? And that's going to come into play here <laughs> on this episode as we get into actually, this review. Ah, interesting. It actually is. And Paul says, oh, yes. <laughs> so... Then basically, Paul's trying to train Taker for what we don't know, but he's in, you see Taker in the gym, and then you see Paul Bear. He's on the phone. He goes, "Yes, everything's going according to plan," but uh, he doesn't suspect a thing. So I promise you, you'll have everything you need. Just stay hidden for now. So we can assume mm. that's Kane he's talking to. So anyway, then we see Taker doing some like Fight Club with some uh, tattooed up J Brones. This guy's got a, an owl tattoo straight across his chest. So I don't know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, it's like a giant owl. So anyway, um, ta- uh, yeah, he's fighting this guy. He actually hits a tombstone and a clothesline on this guy in a shoe fight. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, then we see him uh, looking at a picture of him and his brother. And then uh, Paul Bear gets home at like 3.30 in the morning. And Taker's like, what are you doing? He's like, it's my business. I just need you to do my dirty work, yada, yada, yada. So anyway, then Bear's like, you know, it's interesting that, uh, you know, you should, uh, or he's like, you know, I'm sorry, let me back up. Taker's kind of saying like, you know, business has been good. Why are we still in financial trouble? And, uh, Paul Bear is like, well, it's interesting you say that. Cause I got a meeting with uh, some man just very night. That's going to solve all of our problems. They go out to dinner with Ted DiBiase. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. So, um, yeah, Ted DiBiase and some, that guy looks like me, honestly. <laughs> Check this guy out. Yeah, Sitting there next could be related. To, next to DiBiase. Um, and he's like, you know, everybody's got a price. But it's funny because he goes, um, you're telling me, young man, you've never, you're not familiar with the Survivor Series? <laughs> Dick is like, no, Mr. DiBiase, I can't say I am. And he says, it's only one of the most grueling sports events in all the world. So <laughs> it's just, uh, it's great. So... They have a toast here, they, and he says, you know, you need a name. How about the mortician or the mutilator or – and then it says, no, I know who I am. I know my name, and it shows The Undertaker. Oh, very so, cool. Very cool. Yeah, so that's chapter one. That's his start. Um, I'll kind of breeze through the next part, but it's just kind of funny how it changes a little bit. It shows chapter two is called The Ascension, not Connor and Victor. But, oh, thank uh, God. I don't need a chapter <laughs> on that. Well, that chapter to be very, very short. Very so, brief. Um, yeah, but um, so then we see him putting people, putting Ultimate Warrior in a casket. We they don't necessarily name these people, but you could tell the way they're drawn. We see Yokozuna and some guy in gray pants beating him up, and everybody's trying to rid themselves of Taker. We see um, do we Taker's see just... IRS? No, you're, Thank you're God. in luck, man. You're in <laughs> luck. No IRS appearance the entire 40, 60 pages, whatever it is. So, um, we see DiBiase bring his new Undertaker now. He's like, you know, I've got, I've got this. This Undertaker is all mine. Uh-huh. And we see yeah. our Undertaker at home, angry, watching it on like a tube TV, getting angry. And then we see the SummerSlam match where um, they take on. There's two Undertakers. They make a big deal out of it. <laughs> it shows that he he won, and then it says nothing could stop his reign of terror. And then next we see him. Uh, he apparently lives on some kind of a just. Is working in a shop, mm-hmm. working some, uh, doing some mechanic work on his own uh, motorcycle. And Paul Bear is there, and he's like, you know, you're a rich man now, and uh, you need to go deeper and tap into your hate and go into darker places. How we're going to take our partnership to the next level? So, 
Taker kind of gets fed up with that, and, and Paul Bear's like, well, have I ever told you about the unique properties of my urn? He's like, you always feel drawn to it, don't you? And Taker's like, yeah, well, I don't know why, though. And Paul Bear tells him it's because the ashes of your parents are in this urn. Okay, another so, explanation yeah. <laughs> for what's going on in that urn. We've, see, we've seen a few different ones. <laughs> yeah, we have. Um, so then we're going to get um, – so Taker's like, oh, you know, sorry, I, you know, I didn't realize that, but yes, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not your boy anymore, but I'll, I'll still serve you. And then, so you see that they're starting to have some trouble. And then uh, Bears on, on a payphone on the wall saying his ego's out of control. It's not quite that time yet, but still stay, you know, stay, um, stay, stay behind, and you know, then I'll unleash true destruction on the WWE universe. So then we see them together. We see mankind backstage, and this is the most dangerous force to ever walk in the promotion then we see them turn on we see paul bear turn on the undertaker which we've gone over and on our episodes right and um he says you know i'll find somebody that'll do my bidding without hesitation next thing we see is uh taker actually wow look at this he's interviewed by mean gene look at that right there oh, how fitting yeah <laughs> which isn't true because he's no. over in wcw he's time, gone by but, then yeah yeah but he says you know i'm gonna um punish these guys in the buried alive match and then it shows the Buried Alive match, basically, and it's got uh, – Vader is the one that hits him from behind with the shovel, though, which honestly – wasn't that Executioner? Yes. <laughs> Didn't make it to the comic book. <laughs> well, he actually does. It's weird. He's on, oh, he's that on is the weird. page, but it's not it's not him who hits Taker. Huh. So, yeah, a little bit of differences. Okay. But we got Goldust, Mankind, Executioner, and it looks like Tyler Breeze, but I assume it's Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or I guess it could be Bradshaw because he was there too. Oh yeah, it could be Bradshaw. Well, uh, Bradshaw or Triple H, but it looks like Tyler Breeze. Yeah. But anyway, they they bury him, <laughs> and we see his hand come out, and then we see <laughs> next we see he's kind of retreated into the wilderness. He's carrying a dead carcass of a deer over his shoulders. <laughs> okay, <laughs> getting a little bit behind the man, and then we see that he's he's come back to the Federation, and he is finally the WWE champion. We get that iconic. Um, image of him at wrestlemania 13 holding the title um but again as we know he actually won that a year after he debuted but right, yeah in this comic book they make it you know it's taken this this long to do that then take uh paul bear uh, confronts him on his little farm or whatever and he's like you know you're gonna come back with me he's like you know don't mock me boy and take her like i'm done with you you turned on me and he says you're gonna regret what you've done to me then we see the hell in a cell match and kane debuts that's gotta be kane is what we see and then um we don't even see Shawn Michaels in that at all. Oh, yeah, we do. It looks like Triple H, though, but it's Shawn Michaels. Next, okay, the very next page after we see the um, the Hell in a Cell yeah. is Taker rides up in his motorcycle, and Kane is unmasked, and he's got long hair, and he's standing next to a like shipping container full of caskets or like an 18-wheeler. <laughs> he's loading them in the back of the <laughs> – and Taker's basically in full-on biker Taker garb here, and he's like, you know – um, I, I, I want to talk to you. I thought you were dead. They told me you died in the fire, the fire that you started. And Kane's like, "You're a liar. You killed, you know, mom and dad." And Taker puts or Kane puts him in a casket and then lights it on fire and says, "Goodbye, brother." And so, not really what happened. Nope. And, and, <laughs> um, and then we see what a cool Taker. Scene, I guess. We see Taker uh, kind of burnt basically here, and he comes out of the casket. Then he's gone back to his – he's gone to his ministry days. He's very dark and demented. We see the um, Inferno match and how he lights his brother on fire. Um, and then we see him in the Hell in a Cell with uh, Mankind, how he's broken him in half. He's throwing him off the, the top. And then the very next page – okay, remember, Paul Bear is on is, is opposing him here. The yes. very next page is 
this meeting I don't want to be at. It looks like it's an episode or something out of an episode of Gotham on Fox, but it's uh, it's Taker and Viscera and Bradshaw and Paul Bear around the table with wine and a turkey and candles. Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> I guess. So he's like, I've been doing a lot of thinking, Paul. So, uh, essentially, we're both evil, so we're stronger together. And he's like, oh, yes. And so they got they formed the ministry mm, here. Okay. Yeah. But he tells Paul, he's like, you know, we're going to be independent. We're not going to sell our souls for money like you always tried to do. Well, then we see the McMahons, you know, kind of buy them out and take her turns on him again. He's like, you know, this is it. You, you know, your corporate interest, you know, line your pockets. So I'm, I'm done with you again. So then we see him ride off in the sunset uh, on his motorcycle. Chapter three is homecoming. We see him. Okay. Remember at the beginning, we see him yes. uh, go to this. We see him go to this, um, his, his old childhood home. We see the last chance funeral home or crematory. Uh, we see that again. He goes and he's looking around. He finds two gravestones and they say, Mother and father on them. Uh-huh. So he finds out his parents were buried there. So they aren't dead in ashes and in the uh, in the um, urn. Paul Bear lying yeah. to him. The oh, fairy is fat slug. Yeah. So then we see him come in the motorcycle, but he's wearing like not taker, like not biker taker outfit. He's wearing yeah. like stuff from like 2008, basically. It's weird. Okay. Anyway, he's disrupting the whole place. He goes backstage to Kane he's like we need to talk and um so basically he says he tells him that you know Paul Bear's been lying to him his parents were actually buried there or no I'm sorry Paul uh, Kane says yeah I went back there and buried our parents you know um and so Taker's like I'm sorry you know we got to team up against um Paul Bear and so then it shows them as the brothers of destruction they've been unstoppable it's got in fact it's got a picture here of them holding up the tag team titles and the intercontinental and, and world title from oh, what we just covered last week. That's right. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's but they're teaming neat. up against Paul Bear at this point. Against his minions, is... I guess. They don't really say okay. yeah. who it is. Yeah, that's a little weird because we haven't and seen then the... Paul Bear here in a, in a while. Right, exactly. Then the very next page, he's got a haircut all of a sudden, and he's in his Dead Man Inc. outfit. Um, and then he goes to undefeated. He fights two men at once at WrestleMania 19. And then we get Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle fighting with him, and Brock Lesnar is burying him alive and beating him in chain matches and all this stuff. And then it shows him, uh, Taker, fighting um, Brock Lesnar, and all of a sudden Kane comes back and returns, and now he has got a haircut and no mask, and, and he no tombstones his, his, his brother. We're on the page immediately before this. They're on the same side. So it kind of rushes through stuff here at the yeah, end. Yeah, and it's kind of meshing a lot of stuff together. Yeah, yeah okay. okay. Yeah, and then... Uh, Paul Bear drives up to Undertaker's home and he's like, uh, you know, after your brother's last betrayal, are you forced into retirement? And Taker's like, go home, Paul. And he says, your urn holds no power over me. It was another one of your lies. Uh, I'm going to inflict unholy violence, violence on you. And then Paul Bear hands him a piece of paper and he says, um, I swear, if this is one of your deceptions, uh, I'm, I'm going to, you know, uh, you know, make you pay, basically. And Paul Bear is like, uh, we got to get back to basics. So then we see Madison Square Garden where Taker comes back as a dead man. Okay, WrestleMania 20. Yep, we were there. We'll talk about that in a few years. <laughs> a few um, weeks. Yeah, yeah, a few weeks. We got Taker beating his brother again, and then two months later, it says, it shows, and it says, and Taker turns to Paul Bear and says, okay, now you're going to rest in peace, and he buries him in cement. So, <laughs> yeah. So kind of what happened, kind of not. And then it just kind of, it kind of quickly goes through the last few years where he's, um, uh, win the Royal Rumble and stuff like that, and then beating 
beating Batista, getting right. beat by Edge. Right. Um, Mark Henry's there. And then we got uh, Umaga sighting in the Ooh. background. Um, yeah. Uh, so we got the, the um, Hell in a Cell match with, with Taker, uh, Chokeslam and Edge through Hell. All of a sudden backstage, we get a Hey Taker as he's walking away. Shawn Michaels comes up to him and is like, hey, we should fight WrestleMania. And he's like, yeah, I accept. That's it. That's the whole build. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's weird, man. And then um, he's like, you know, people talk about it forever. No one's ever going to be able to replicate this match we're going to give him. And he's mm-hmm. like, all right, I accept. So then it shows WrestleMania 25 and how it's the greatest match of all time. And then the very next page is deja vu all over again as they meet Shawn Michaels or he meets Shawn Michaels again in a rematch. So we get that. And he's he's um, retired Shawn Michaels. Chapter four now is called Absolution. So this is not Paige. It's not Mandy Rose. <laughs> again, that'd not... be another short chapter. <laughs> yeah. And we got this dude who I guess is a realtor, a real estate agent, and he's showing uh, Taker some property. Um, looks like Drake Maverick. Like, it does look like Drake Maverick. So, and uh, Taker's like, I'm well aware of well aware of the land, of this land's history. So he buys this property, and all of a sudden he's backstage, and Triple H comes up to him, and he's like, "You got a bad habit of disappearing. Um, I'm sick and tired of you being a thorn in my family and friends' side. Let's fight at WrestleMania." And then. <laughs> Taker's like, all right, sounds good. So they really breeze through these last few yeah, years. Um, a little bit. We got their match at Mania 27, which we were also there for. But then it goes into how, you know, he has to leave on a stretcher. Immediately the next page is he's got his hair cut into a mohawk. Mm. He looks like Thanos in this picture. I don't know <laughs> who – someone else drew him here or what. But anyway, we got that whole thing. We got them leaving the end of an era match. And then uh, we got this jabroni comes backstage and is like, I got some bad news for you about Paul Bearer. And we see um, uh, Taker and Kane at Paul Bearer's funeral, and they're the only ones there. And he's like, you know, naturally, you know, he had no close friendships, so it's just us. So Paul Bearer, even though he's red, dead in real life, he's getting – he's the heel in this whole, in whole comic book. Um, Poor guy. Fact, Taker, yeah, Taker calls him a treacherous snake. And then uh, they're like, we should bury the hatchet and team up again. There's too many young pups that we, they're trying to take over. So we see the brothers again feuding with uh, the Shield and then the Wyatt family. Cool. We see Brock, Brock Lesnar defeat the streak. Mm. Then we see the Wyatt family. It, it, so it goes in here in the comic book. It's immediately after the streak is broken, Taker's backstage, and the Wyatt family abduct him. So a little bit of difference there. Yeah. Because yeah. that really happened at, what, SummerSlam that year, I think? Um, I think so. We see the Wyatt family compound, and then we see uh, WrestleMania 31, and it even says here, it's like, Undertaker is showing no ill effects from last year's defeat. <laughs> it says him, <laughs> job out, Bray Wyatt. Uh, and it says he's starting a new streak here, and then all of a sudden it's got his stuff with Brock Lesnar, them laughing at each other in that match at SummerSlam 2015. Um, and then it's got the where he taps out Lesnar, but kind of gets pinned at the same time or whatever it was. Then all of a sudden he just jumps forward, to uh, 2017, where Roman Reigns calls him out, and he's like, um, "I think you got one big big night in you, old man." And he's and Taker says, "I will carve out a special corner of hell for you. Oh Your only yard, <laughs> yeah. Your only yard will be six feet deep." So, um, yeah. So him and Reigns, it's got that. It's got Undertaker, people chanting Undertaker as he walks away and leaves his hat and gloves and coat in the ring, which is where we thought the story ended. Of course. <clears throat> Next, we got this uh, Triple H, or excuse me, not Triple H, Undertaker is uh, pushing a wheelbarrow with his workman gloves on, and he's uh, working at his house, I guess, and then all of a sudden, John Cena drives up in one of his hot rod cars that he owns, <laughs> and uh, 
he's like, don't you watch TV anymore? I've been calling you out. And Taker's like, I got things on my mind nowadays, John. <laughs> oh, it's so great, man. I actually wish this was the way it played out on television. Me too. That's so much better. Yeah. yeah. And then Cena's like, I've been calling you out. And, you know, all I get is what can I do for you, John? And then uh, Taker's like, you want another loss on your record that bad? And he says, you know, what I want is a chance to fight the best man who ever strapped on a pair of boots at this year's WrestleMania. So what do you say? And uh, Taker says yes. And so um shows the whole thing at, at Mania this past year, which you were there for. I was, and, yep. it's, and it says, this is a route. Undertaker is dominating Cena here, which is true. And then rest in peace, John Cena. And then it shows Taker working on his place again. And then uh, you, you see a little bubble that says, place looks good, brother. Which I thought at first I thought I thought it said place looks good, brother, but it was this well placed comma there. So <laughs> place looks good, brother. And then Kane's there. They shake hands, and it shows them picking up sticks just like it did on page one. Oh, and okay. then um, they're walking. They're you know Kane's like, "Are you going to be back in the ring?" And Taker says, "Probably. It's in my blood. Besides, what would my our father say? Come on, Kane. Life waits for no man, and that's how it ends, just the way it began. Wow. So yeah." Whew, sorry, that's a lot to get into. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea it was so in depth. I didn't know if it was it's very in depth. <laughs> covers the whole career. Okay. Yeah, <clears throat> I tried to to run through those last few, few years, but it's a lot, man. But yeah, a little bit different than the the Taker story we know and love. But uh, they never burned his. He never lit the fire that killed his family. He never <clears throat> lit Kane on fire. Paul Bear was never his father. Never porked his parents or anything like that. <laughs> 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 Nothing like that. So, yeah, definitely yeah. retcon a few things, but you're getting in you're getting in a lot of the history and kind of mix and mashing uh, a lot of stuff together. But it sounds really cool. So you'd recommend it to uh, it's a massive creatures of the sword. night. Yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I recommend it. It didn't take very long to read. Uh, it's good. It's fun. I read it twice so far. It's it's good, man. I recommend it. Well, here's my proposal. Uh, you know, since I guess we're not going to get story time anymore now that Mean Gene's gone. I want to see an animated series on the WWE Network of that story. Oh, yeah. I, I want to see that turned into a cartoon <laughs> or a movie or something because that I'd love it. It'd make a great movie. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely it would. So, well, um, yeah, that was half minutes of your life. You'll never get back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but it was worth the read. It's fun. It's good stuff. I can't recommend it enough. I know uh, our fan, uh, D-Lo Hoop, she recommended we over uh, go over some – DVDs and graphic novels. So there you go. Right there. There you go. We'll try to do some more, fit some more of that stuff in here on the show, especially on these episodes where we're a little light on stuff to talk about. But we do have something to talk about. We are going to do what we do on every episode. It's cover one pay-per-view match in Undertaker's career. So we're going to hop in the time traveling motorcycle, jump in the sidecar, drive down to a ferry, and, and drive <laughs> and ride all the way across <laughs> the pond to London, England as we head back to... April 30th, 2001, to start this build-up to Insurrection 2001. We've got a handicap match that uh, I know you and I had never seen, uh, probably a lot of our listeners had never seen, between the two-man power trip and The Undertaker. And uh, we're not going to really see much of how that... Well, we'll see a little bit of how that unfolds here on these shows. Uh, But we'll cover the two... The Raw and the SmackDown in between... Uh, what we last covered, Backlash, uh, two-man power trip winning the tag team titles off of the Brothers of Destruction uh, as, and the road to Insurrection right here. So, Travis, why don't you tell us about what happened on this episode of Monday Night Raw? All right, I'll try to get through this because I just <clears throat> let everybody's ears, ears on fire with a book review. From, but anyway, um, I felt like I was uh, LeVar Burton from Reading Rainbow. Um, anyway, this is Raw 414, April 30th, like you said. 
It's the Raw after Backlash, and Rumpel Heyman opens up the show with his favorite, you know, gold colloquialism that he had. And we also hear that Taker's going to, or excuse me, Taker, Austin's going to defend his title against Kane tonight. Um, Steph comes there in a limo all by herself. She's bruised on her face from Kane's big boot. Mm. Um, I appreciate the continuity there, you know. Sometimes yeah. that stuff happens nowadays. And, for instance, Ronda Rousey got the crap bit out of her by Charlotte. Next night, she's just smiling on Raw. So, That's anyway. too bad we didn't get any continuity. No, mm-hmm. hell. <laughs> Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah. So Cole interviews her and she's like, he's going to pay for that. And she, she tells him that Vince is going to deal with Kane when he arrives and she's going to make sure Tess never interferes in her family's business again. So he's going to come into play a little bit here. Um, we see Kane's bruised arm being tended to by a trainer, which again, is weird to see Kane being so humanized. Um, cause even when he was humanized, kind of when he was tagging with X-Pac, he was still a monster cause he never right. talked and stuff, you know, yeah. but this is just very different for this character you know um steph runs into test backstage in a meeting of ex-lovers and tells him that daddy made a match with him and triple h later tonight uh vince is seven to come out for a state of the wwf address so just vince and, Ste- and stephanie um which is not like nowadays you'd have triple h and Shane there and right, stuff so in- right. anyway but it's eerily reminiscent of what's going on nowadays on yeah <laughs> on tv but some things um, will never change Exactly. 20 years later. But uh, Vince is proud of Austin and Triple H because they're different than all you, and they refuse to live a life of mediocrity. They refuse to squalor in complacency. They reach out for that brass ring of opportunity, and they don't let go. They don't live by your morals or rules. They create their own rules. They aren't followers, and they're leaders, which had about four words from his uh, word of the day calendar, (laughs) I feel like, on there. Um, He then mentions the two blemishes from last night's backlash, and that one's that Test interfered to help Shane upset Big Show. So he'll play the game with my only real son tonight, Triple H. So once again, getting that in there, which how funny life imitates art. So, um, And then number two, the other blemish was that Kane giving Stephanie the big boot, which literally left a blemish on her face. So um, basically the crowd goes nuts when they show that as a close-up of it because the crowd hates Stephanie. So... And then Vince is like, I'm not a vindictive man. And he goes on to say something, but I just laughed at that comment. That's a good line. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like, oh, that's his only character is vindictive. <laughs> so it's just funny. But he's like, you know, I'm not vindictive, so I'm going to give Kane a title shot tonight. So then Stephanie introduces the most dominant force in the World Wrestling Federation today, Stone Cold and Triple H. Um, they come out, and Heyman comments about how Austin sold his soul. So, um, they actually you can tell he sold his soul because they actually come out to Vince and Man's theme. Which you mentioned I think last week's episode that they did that at one point, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Just, I was yeah. just really trying to heap those heel coals on on the fans to get please boo this man. <laughs> so, but not not heel Michael Cole. No, 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 no. no, no don't want to heap that on anybody. No, we got that live in person at WrestleMania twenty seven, so, so. Did. Golly, can't believe you had a 28-minute match at that show. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. Oh, why don't you have to remind me of that, dude? Oh, anyway, so they come down to Vince's theme, and uh, all of a sudden, the old WrestleMania music hits. The old... Love it. Yeah, so good. We get Robo McMahon, Linda McMahon on the Titan Tron. She's at WWF New York. She is obviously reading off of a paper or post, <laughs> teleprompter post, or something yeah teleprompter or uh postcards or something i don't know man she is postcards. so bad <laughs> i mean not post what are they called posters <laughs> poster board oh, sorry, I got the flu <laughs> yeah. uh, 
Robo Linda's reading. She's like, this "New funny. York." That was all I could get on the street. Got <laughs> uh, some postcards, one yeah. word at a time on there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she's like, "I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're having a good time in public because your private life is a mess." This Friday, our divorce attorneys are scheduled to meet. I will temporarily stop the proceedings if you agree to some changes. That's basically how it goes. It's awful. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, Kane can't compete for the title tonight. He has a night off. Austin's going to defend his title against the the Undertaker. Ooh. Um, and Austin's tick. The crowd loves it. Um, he and Austin and Triple H get in Vince's face and like, you got to change this. But he can't. Backstage, Austin says, you know, your divorce is screwing everything up. So we got we got Vince's wife involved. We got... Triple H's wife involved with Stephanie. We got uh, Stone Cold's wife involved with Deborah, and then next, stay tuned, folks. Next week we're gonna get somebody else's wife involved here. So a true family affair. Yeah. Um, anyway, you know, uh, Triple H is, or um, excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, Austin tells him, you know, you better think of something real fast. And Vince gives Triple H a pep talk for his match with Tess, and he's like, I got it covered. Don't worry about that. You just worry about Austin and his match. Then Lillian interviews Taker about his WWF title match tonight, and he's like, first of all, I want to talk about it last night. He says Triple H and Austin's game plan worked. You know, how do you think they feel? They took, it took, he said, it took Triple H, Austin, and that B-I-T-C-H to beat us, basically. And he said, and uh, it took, took all of them to beat a one-armed man, and then he threatens them for what Kane, for whenever Kane's arm finally heals. And then he says, and he coins himself a new catch, a new uh, nickname Uh-oh. here. He says, because tonight, Austin... He comes face to face with Big Daddy Dead Man. <laughs> oh, that I one don't didn't quite that. catch on. <laughs> no, Big Daddy Dead Man. <laughs> that was one of our favorite uh, entrances. That's on, a good T-shirt, uh, though. Yeah, Big Daddy Dead Man. So, um, yeah, he goes on to say that, and then he says, "You know, read my shirt, Lillian. Try me. I'll make you famous." And he says, "You know, if you screw with my family, I'm going to hurt you." Um, do you think Triple H? Do you think Sarah oh, gave Undertaker that nickname? Oh, she probably did. Hashtag blame Sarah. There you go. Again. <laughs> Triple H annihilates Tess, basically jobbing him out. Um, power bombs him through a announce table, which is weird to say. Why did he power bomb somebody? Especially the size of Tess. Yeah. But then well, Kane comes not out. his move. No, 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 not at all. Kane comes out, attacks Triple H, chasing him off with his one good arm. That'll kind of play into the insurrection and kind of where we're headed next month, too. That's why I'm mentioning this stuff. Then Triple H is going off on Vince like Kane can't stick his nose in our stuff after tonight anymore. It's main event time finally, ladies and gentlemen. Taker rides out with his samurai haircut. Once again, he's got it pulled up like a samurai. I love it when he does that. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of Samurai Sub Shop from SNL. So he comes out there. <laughs> comes out there. Austin's music hits, but he doesn't have a show. Uh, Taker's pacing around the ring, waiting. And then we see Austin and Triple H giving Kane a WCW backstage assault. With two by fours, trash can lids beating the crap out of him. Taker makes it back there, tosses Triple H into the garage door, which is a pretty cool spot. He throws him in the air, and Triple H just like pump, like plummets into it. Taker and Austin brawl back to the curtain. They make it back. Um, they're on the they're on the ramp, come back all the way back into the ring finally. And Jr. is like, he says, "It's gonna get all the way live here tonight," which I love that <laughs> comment. So. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Quick brawl, basically hitting their greatest hits moves. It's not a not a long match because yeah. basically Triple H runs down with a sledgehammer after about eighty seconds. And um, it is a rematch though of the highest rated Raw match of all it time, is. biggest ratings ever. 
Yeah, it is. So it's a really short, like I said, 80, 90 seconds. Triple H comes out with that sledgehammer. Austin hits a Death Valley blow. Triple H hits Taker in the back of the head with the sledgehammer, which should have killed him. Um, Kane saunters out but gets nailed with the chair by Austin. And I just wrote he beats him up like he was Lita. He just <laughs> went into him. Or Deborah. Taker's or <laughs> whoops. <laughs> whoops. Taker's doing his best Mike Kyoto impression in the ring as uh, he's sleeping there because that sledgehammer <laughs> no. shot to the head. Uh, the power trip decimate Kane's arm over and over again, and JR's like, I can hear the bones cracking from here, which <laughs> I don't Lord. understand. <laughs> yeah, good Lord, man. Get that man to the medical facility. Please. <laughs> so uh, they break his arm in the chair like, um, what's it, like the Hillman's the, Pillman style. Uh, Pillman style, yeah, exactly. I said Hillman. I meant Pillman. So anyway. Uh, so they beat them uh, both up, and we go off the air. And it was just very, very, very excessive, the way they're beating. It's exactly like the uh, Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy lead thing, except two actual big guys. Yeah. And Rumpelheimer says, the Brothers of Destruction have been destroyed. So that's how that Raw ends. Well, the Brothers are going to be destroyed here uh, for at least going into this show. Kane's going to be out of action that's going to do it for him uh for a little while being brutalized <laughs> like that so undertaker's going to be all alone going into smackdown here on may 3rd 2001 and the show's going to open up with dead man walking literally as undertaker strolls out uh without his bike but he'd got a new accessory with him uh, this biker chain wrapped around his neck <laughs> he drags it down to the ring uh and what, we actually what? go ahead What's the significant? Do they have to like chain their bikes to like this? Like what they used to do in the Wild West, they you know, like chain their uh, you know horse to the bridle or whatever, like at the saloon. Is that what he's doing here? I guess I don't. If any of our <laughs> listeners can inform chain? us exactly what a biker chain is, yeah, I would love to know. Uh, we are not <clears throat> not adverse in the biker culture, I must say. I've never ridden on one, and so I. Well, I used to ride one with my dad, but oh, as a passenger. You? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, when he had his Harley, yeah. Yeah, I That's forgot right. that he did. I don't. Ooh. Midlife crisis, just like taking <laughs> same exact age. I think when they did this, he did not. He didn't carry around a chain that much. Like oh yeah, well maybe you should ask him. See, see what he knows. <laughs> uh, anyway, we do get some footage of Raw after the show on Monday. They show that Ooh. after the show went off the air at 11:08 p.m. It says on there, uh, mm. Austin. Uh, uh, went after Undertaker's bike with a steel chair and and, uh, gave a couple good shots to that rude American bike, uh, as they call it. I guess that's the brand Mm. that was sponsoring Taker's bike there. That could have been his nickname, too. The rude American. The rude American. Yeah, it could have been. (laughs) Oh, Big Daddy Dead Man. Oh, Big Daddy Dead Man. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. Oh, Sarah. That's my Sarah impression. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Anyway. Look at his leather pants on. (laughs) Snakeskin pants. Undertaker reveals that the main event Judgment Day has been signed. He's going to get a one-on-one title match with Stone Cold at Judgment Day for the title there. And informs us that Kane is out of action indefinitely after being attacked on Monday. And because of that, Undertaker wants payback. So uh, Taker says he'll be damned if he gets beat up by, and I quote, a tough guy wannabe and a bald joker who runs around in Daisy Dukes. (laughs) Referring to Triple H and Austin, which is so true, man. Austin's shorts were way too short uh, back in this day. And Triple H is a tough guy. Wanna he be. is. That's He's always got the right. like biker hat on and the leather yeah. and the and the like denim at the same time. It's like too much clothes, man. He's like Joey from uh, Friends. Friends. Too, too put all his clothes on. <laughs> 
Taker also says that Kane is not going to be sweating a broke arm since back when he was a boy, as we just talked about, he lost half his face in a fire. So what's a broke arm to him? Uh, Touche. <laughs> Taker says Kane will get his revenge another time. Tonight's all about him. And he reminds us that Taker was the one who lit that fire on his brother. So just mm. imagine what he'll do to the two-man power trip when he gets his hands on them. Yikes. Uh, Vince McMahon comes out and interrupts, but he's not, doesn't seem to be worried about Undertaker. He, being sarcastic, asks if Kane got Stone Cold's sympathy card. Uh, says, uh, Ooh, yeah. not a punk card? No, sympathy card. <laughs> oh, man. We're going to hear about another card here later on, too. But uh, mm. Vince is like, who are you to call anybody out, Undertaker? I'm in charge here. Tonight, you're going to face someone who has a score to settle with you. And that list of people is a mile long. And then Undertaker responds, well, let me remind you, my name is The Undertaker, and what I don't get, I take. So, <laughs> dad jokes. <laughs> he's the original dad joke, man. He had you beat. He does. Uh, and we're just getting started here, folks. After that promo, it is The Undertaker show here tonight. Uh, Holy tri- cow. Triple H faces Jeff Hardy right after this in a match we've seen a few times lately. Uh, Stone Cold's on commentary. He's talking trash on The Undertaker the entire time. But Undertaker <laughs> pops up out of the crowd with his chain and starts beating on Austin with it. Uh, sneak attacks him, chases Austin to the back. And uh, I guess Undertaker is Jacob Marley now because <laughs> he drags his chain with him everywhere he goes. That's his new gimmick. Once that's his real name, Jake Marley. <laughs> Jacob Marley. <laughs> I was just I thinking of that. This is the Christmas season as I was watching these. Oh, Christmas Carol. Muppet Christmas Carol. Absolutely. The best Muppet. version of that story. Uh, anyway, oh. yeah, Triple H is... Uh, this This was terrible, uh. man. Triple H facing Jeff Hardy, like I said. And poor Jeff Hardy can't even get a distracting finish. You know, the most popular finish in WWE... Triple H yeah. is distracted by Roll all this, up. but so instead of getting rolled up by Jeff Hardy, he just quickly disposes of him with a pedigree, like the pesky sure. little bug that he is, and immediately runs to the back because uh, Jeff Hardy's a jobber. Uh, right. <laughs> and he Sucks. chases after them. Uh, we cut to the back, and Austin's waiting to sneak attack Undertaker when he gets back there, but Undertaker takes over in this brawl, and just like in the comic book, uh, Undertaker <laughs> tosses Austin through a backstage window. Hi-oh. Yeah, I, I didn't know that was as much part of his history here, but there you oh. go, man. Uh, security is going to usher Undertaker away, and they're going to try to usher Stone Cold to the hospital. We come back from commercial, he's all beat up and bloodied, and he's, uh, his eye is what's really messed up. Apparently he has glass in it. Uh, Austin is crying and whining. It's his new catchphrase now is... <laughs> My name is Steve Austin, and I do not deserve this. He repeats that over and over and over again here. <laughs> um, his that buddy, didn't catch on either. Nah, didn't quite catch on. Uh, but he's trying to be a heel, you know. Yeah. Tri- Triple H gets in the ambulance to ride along with Austin. And, Aww. yeah, you might be able to guess where this is going uh, here. Uh, we get a call back as Austin yells out in the ambulance. He says, driver, go. And guess who pops his head around the corner? I got you. Come on, let's go. Driver, go. Hell, boys. Oh, 
Oh, the chauffeur of all chauffeurs. <laughs> Take her. Hello, boys. <laughs> he yells out. <laughs> Where to, Stephanie? Hello, boys. I guess he didn't say hello, ladies. That would have been creepy. Uh, yeah. Copyright infringement. <laughs> Big day, um, dead man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what if his music started out with, hello, boys. <laughs> Dead man stalking. <laughs> oh. Anyway, Taker, of course, is going to unload on Austin. Triple H runs away. And surely, I mean, uh, security finally pulls Undertaker away here. And, man, it really seems like uh, as Undertaker beats on Stone Cold's eye that this is all going to build up to a big blindfold match between Undertaker and Austin. <laughs> I'm sure that's what the world Good. was waiting for. Right Can you imagine that? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my word. Uh, like I said, we're still not even really into it yet. Bird um, box match. Bird box match. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Triple H, uh, we get, we get seeing Triple H at the hospital uh, with Austin. Triple H is in the lobby in his underwear, <laughs> his trunks. <laughs> Must have been a little awkward, but uh, he yells at some of the doctors there. They're not treating Austin soon enough. Uh, we see Vince talking to Deborah about what happened to Austin, and she's angry about it. And Vince says, well, you need to go talk to Undertaker about it. So <laughs> she does just that. She goes and asks Undertaker about what happened, and Undertaker, you know, he's trying to defuse the situation. He says, this has nothing to do with the wives. Uh, but that offends <laughs> Deborah, so she slaps the mess out of Taker right here. And Taker, awesome. yeah. Taker does not hit back, but he says, ooh, you hit like your husband, uh, and says she should go tell Austin that message there. So, uh, then we're going to get Vince and Steph coming out to the <laughs> ring. Yeah, we're like 45 minutes into this episode of SmackDown. Um, Russo did not write these either, by the way, ladies no, and gentlemen. No, <laughs> no. But that, I, I said later on, this. I feel sorry for this audience at this SmackDown, dude, because... They get about 35 backstage segments, two Vince McMahon promos in the middle of the ring, and uh, a terrible main event, which I'll tell you about here. Yes. uh, Vince and Steph are in the ring. They're whining, complaining about what's happened here tonight. The show's gone out in control. And Vince, excuse me, and Undertaker comes out. Uh, Vince is telling him to to stop, slow down, don't don't come any further. But Undertaker steps in the ring. And Vince, again, as we've seen him do so many times, he's way too confident with The Undertaker. He says, <laughs> yeah. this isn't your yard. This is Vince McMahon's ring, and I'm Vince McMahon. So Undertaker punches him right on the button uh, and <laughs> knocks him straight down with one shot and actually knocks one of his buttons off his jacket as he hits <laughs> the ground and goes flying. Um, Was that a working it, button? <laughs> it must have been. <laughs> button pops off that's amazing <laughs> take her back stephanie into a corner at this point and she's she's doing a great job selling cowering in fear and taker tells her when daddy wakes up tell him the undertaker took back his yard is she in all seriousness is she's like doing better than she did like when she was the black bride or whatever like oh my gosh yeah yeah okay. that, that's a great point she really has come a long way yeah. as a performer here she is a great heel uh, and you know everyone hates her back then. She's de- doing her job her- back then. She, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> but she's screeching and yeah. screaming, and she's so unlikable, and it's perfect. Yeah, um, you're right. Finally, the one-eyed rattlesnake heads back into the arena, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> and uh, 
He's stomping and whining and crying in the locker room. He reveals that Triple H was arrested back at the hospital uh, on account of raising too much hell. That was what he was charged with. <laughs> That's what he was charged with? Yeah, raising too much hell, you know. <laughs> oh, we got, we, we got a 1904. Raising too much hell. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> randomly, just to take a break from Undertaker here, there sure. well, we, you talked about Jerry Lynn last week debuting, and he has a match here with Brian Christopher on SmackDown, and I just happened to watch it just because uh, we talked about Jerry Lynn. I was like, man, yeah. I, I, I remember him being in the WWF, but I, I don't remember it also. And uh, I love Brian Christopher, <laughs> and dude, they had a heck of a three-minute match on the in the middle of this SmackDown just randomly. It was, it was a sprint. It was... It was fun. It was about all you can ask for out of a three-minute match. It was really good. Excellent. Do you remember that match that he and um, RVD had on Heat? They got, like, re-edited and all that stuff. Like, yeah. And they put it back on TV. And it, was only, it, like, got shut down from, like, 15 minutes to, like, seven or something. And he was all mad about that. I do. He, I do. he could go, man. I, I bet he and Brian Christopher had a great match. Jay Lim was the man. He was, man. Super underrated. Um, we see Taker warming up for the mystery opponent backstage. And this man's finally going to... Reveal him. We, we we see him talking to the mystery man behind a corner. We see Austin roaming around backstage with a chair. And finally, Taker rolls out for the main event. He's got his bike, and he's got the uh, big, thick chain around his big, thick neck, as Michael Cole mm. says. And Cole keeps calling this chain the equalizer. And he says, Taker's got his equalizer with him. So I guess Denzel Washington owes Undertaker some royalties. <laughs> of course he does. Of course he does. Taker invented that too. He did. Uh, and then Mr. McMahon comes out, and Michael Cole has apparently forgotten the entire storyline of this episode of SmackDown because oh, he says, It's Mr. McMahon. What's he doing out here? Like, <laughs> have you not been watching this show? <laughs> he had the best scene in the house. My God, man. Wrestling amnesia, man. I hate it. Ugh. I hate when get that. Well, I hated mm. this announcement. This uh, man says, <laughs> in case you didn't hear, Undertaker, Stone Cold is back from the hospital, and so is Rikishi. And I, I laughed out loud watching him. <laughs> I could not believe that was a mystery opponent. Uh, oh, the crowd goes mild here as Taz calls Rikishi Mr. McMahon's trump card. Ooh. Uh, another card in the deck. There you go. And yeah, again, I just Dude. feel bad for the SmackDown audience. Yeah, what a what a like terrible treat to be served at the end of the night. <laughs> uh, at least I got Jerry Lynn and Brian Christopher. Yeah, that was the highlight of the night, man. Um, the quiche Golly. is dominant at first, but Undertaker fights back, and then we see Austin stomping out. Uh, he's got his chair. Uh, he he gets into it with Undertaker. Taker ends up grabbing the chair and assaulting Rikishi with it. The big brown machine. Uh, Austin looks on in fear oh, yeah. in the aisleway watching it, and the ref just walks away at this point. Taker's music just starts playing. <laughs> the ref, the ref yeah. counts himself out? Yeah, apparently, because there's no <laughs> bell, no ring announcement, no finish. Undertaker just stands tall, and the show goes off the air as you know, the match apparently just never finished. Wow. That's ridiculous. Ugh. It was, and well, this, of course... On both of these shows, no mention of this UK exclusive insurrection pay per view. Uh, and that's not surprising. They almost never mention these shows on American TV, but Undertaker's going to be standing tall going into this show. Yeah. Yeah, we have uh, covered all the UK pay per views except for that one back in uh, the end of 2000 because personal reasons. But other than that, man, we're, it's, these are fun, co- fun shows to cover because, like we said, 
you and I probably haven't seen many of these, so it's good stuff, man. So, um, yeah, we're hopping along to jolly old England, jolly old London here. We got this is May fifth. Oh, Cinco de Mayo. Ah, how about that? <laughs> how about it? From uh, Earl's Court Exhibition Center in London, England. I don't think they really cared about Cinco de Mayo over there in London. Probably so, not. So, <laughs> um, this is a UK only pay per view on the Skybox office, and um, dude. The opening of the show is something else, man. There's a really long, cold open to start the show in the William Regal's smallest office ever. This thing is a closet. That it's like my bedroom from childhood. <laughs> smallest so small. room ever. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to recap the whole thing, but it's basically no. Vince talking to Regal most of the time, uh, and they're trying to get over how many changes have happened to this card. And uh, it must have been a mess backstage, dude. I have no idea what actually happened, but apparently every match on the announced card is going to be changed here. I don't know if some guys missed the show or there were some yeah. injuries or something, but they're selling it like Linda McMahon has changed up the entire card. Right. <laughs> uh, right. And she's going to pop in uh, to this segment. But one match is not going to be changed. Yeah, she says Taker wouldn't let her change his match. You know, he wants both the, the power trip at the same time and the matches for the WWF title if Taker wins. Um, we find that out. <clears throat> Later on, we find out, I think it's during the introductions, that he can only, if he pins Austin, he wins the title. Yes. Right here, they don't make it, they don't explicitly say that right here. It comes out later on in the show. But yeah, so and basically. That's going to be in a very important part of that. Very important part of this of this match. So, um, dude, and on commentary, we have a. I mean, is this tag team of the year or what? <laughs> Michael Cole <laughs> and Paul Heyman, man. Possibly, Golly. this may be the only time we ever see this Probably. commentary team, unless I'm forgetting something here in this 2001 era. But, yeah, J- JR did not make the trip this time. Yeah, unless um, unless Heyman sits in on during some Alliance stuff on SmackDown. I don't know, because on SmackDown it's usually Taz and Cole, usually right? Usually Taz, yeah. Yeah, um, so yeah, man, Heyman and Michael Cole, which it was a breath of fresh air for me to have Heyman on commentary. I love it. Oh, always, so, yeah. And this looks, to me, it looked like they're using the same exact set as Monday Night Raw. So yeah. I don't know if they were filming Raw here as well, or I don't know what, but this is just the set they took over the pond with them. I don't know. You think they had this stuff stored in like a warehouse over there, or are they take it across the seas with them each time? Yeah, it's a good question because uh, <laughs> this was before they started using those red phone booths on literally yeah. every UK show. <laughs> it's yeah. so silly. It's the only well, thing the reason, British they know about. Yeah, the reason and double decker buses. <laughs> yeah, those are the only two things that they can think of when it comes to England: uh, is the red phone booth and the double decker. Well, the reason I say that is because it's interesting as we get to the actual match in just a minute. Taker's bike is really small; it's a mm. tiny little motorcycle mm-hmm. compared to what we're used to seeing him ride. So, I wonder if he just got it from some local person over there. Surely they didn't ship it all across the pond. Oh yeah, no, I'm sure they, <laughs> but, they um, rented one from somewhere over there. But I just wrote too. It's a hot crowd, like for most of his matches, which you shouldn't be for some of them because they're kind of stupid. Like I think it's Big Show and Bradshaw, which didn't really make much sense at the time, but. Yeah, but um, yeah. Anyway, we see some interviews with the two man power trip backstage, and uh, Tri- Triple H is like, you know, Taker's going to take his last ride tonight, and we get an interview with Austin from Coachman, I believe, he interviews him, and he's got his eye bloodied. You know what? I feel sorry for him, and I don't feel sorry for too many people. That ten years of destruction, that wonderful career that the Undertaker had, has got to end in a piece of crap country like this. That's kind of funny. Yeah. So, which I think his ex-wife is from England, and I think his wife literally lives over there nowadays, <laughs> and his children. That's true. So. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, this is, of course, a very rare handicap match, uh, pay-per-view match, main event. Uh, I don't know that we'll cover another one. Maybe there is something I'm forgetting, but yeah, uh, I might be our only one covering something like that. The poster. We'll, oh, what's one? Well, we'll get WrestleMania 19. as yes, handicap. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, not title match though. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if at one point it was supposed to be a tag team match and the storyline yeah. changed it because on the network and on uh, some of the graphics you'll find it has Kane on there. It has all four guys uh, on the graphics on there. So I think at one point it was probably supposed to be a tag match, but uh, either for some real reasons or storyline reasons, it gets changed to this right. handicap match. So well, we do get a video kind of recapping Backlash and also the past... Uh, week of Raw and SmackDown before the match, and Michael Cole calls this a battle for the Undertaker's career. As we, like you said, we find out that Undertaker can only win the title by pinning Stone Cold. He will not win it if he pins Triple H. So remember that, everyone. Which tells me right there, if I'm a competitor, I'm supposed to take this seriously. Yes. I'm only pinning Austin. You would think. I'm not getting my pinfall on Triple H. No point. No matter what. No point. He's just extra, he's just... You know, extra credit in the match. So, anyway, um, yeah, um, Triple H comes out first with Stephanie. Uh, and then Stone Cold's out next. Commentary, especially Heyman's, really putting him over for how he sold his soul for the title and all that stuff. And just, Heyman just has a way about him of putting people over, man. It's just great. So. He does, yeah. <clears throat> and Taker's out last. And um, I just wrote, too, I, I, I guess it's been happening, but it really stood out to me in this point. We talked about the double pop he used to get as the dead man when he gets right. the pop when you hear the gong, and then once he actually appears, you get that second pop. Well, here, maybe it's because it's so rare for him to go to England. I just It really stood out to me, that double pop again, because his music hits, he gets a big pop, and then once he rides his tiny motorcycle out to the <laughs> stage, um, he gets an even lot. That second pop is even bigger, man. It's just, like I said, it's probably been happening every week. I just it really stood out for me, especially these UK crowds. They're just so they're hot for this stuff, man. They don't get it. They don't get it every week like we like we're used to. So really cool. I, I just really wanted to point that out. You know, as we talk about Taker's character and stuff. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And uh, Undertaker does not have his equalizer with him here. I guess it was confiscated at customs <laughs> or something. I don't know, but didn't make the fight out. Or maybe it weighed his bag down too much. Sure, who knows? Sure. But he does not have that with him uh, as Heyman. Uh, the nickname caught on with Heyman. He calls Undertaker Big Daddy Dead Man here. <laughs> so he he's paid attention to it. Which wouldn't have made sense to you when you're watching this because you would have had no idea where it came from because that was on the episode I watched. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but an interesting production uh, note, too, is that the ring and the ringside area is so small that Taker can't ride his tiny bike around it. So he has to just drive it down like eight seconds down the ramp and then pit and park it. <laughs> so it's a good thing they didn't fly that chopper overseas for that. Yeah, it would have been a just waste. drives it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, there's. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned this in your notes because I noticed it too. There's a giant Gangrel sign in the audience <laughs> at the beginning of this match. There's like eight people holding this sign. Yeah, and I don't think he's even with the company anymore at this point. I believe so. He, we hadn't seen him on TV. He's probably been released. I don't think he was in developmental. Uh, he does pop back up sometime yeah, year later on, but not doing anything here. But the UK fans wanted him back. <laughs> These eight guys did for sure. This is huge gangrel sign. Man, I loved it. So, I loved uh, it. Taker grabs a chair uh, to, uh, I guess, equalize things between yeah. him and Austin Triple H uh, to try to well to try and start things off. 
here uh, since he doesn't have a tag team partner anymore. And Austin Triple H do what we saw them do last month, kind of taking a powder or cower ring on the outside, uh, stalling a little bit to start this matchup before Triple H finally sneaks in from behind and the power trip double team Undertaker as this match kicks off. Yeah, (laughs) I want you to tell... I'm laughing because how stupid this is. I want you to tell us what Michael Cole says about Austin's knee braces first before we get into this. Well, they're trying to put over this new personality, <laughs> this new look of Austin, and Michael Cole mentions Austin's knee braces because I think you mentioned it too. He yeah. started to have some color in him, and he's got yeah. rattlesnake skin uh, looking <laughs> knee braces. And Cole mentions this as evidence of his new ego trip. Like, what does that have to do with anything? I don't get it, but I just wanted you to point out. Put some color in his knee braces. Oh, he's on such a power trip. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, anyway, like you said, Austin Triple H on the opposite side of Takers. He waits for them. Triple H sneaks in, hits him, and again, as soon as he throws that first punch, Mark Eaton rings the bell. Ding, ding, ding. That's how the match starts, ladies and gentlemen. You throw the first punch, then the match begins. And, um, dude, I thought legitimately for the first five minutes of this match – I thought it was a handicap match where both guys could be in the ring at the same time because yeah. they are. And then they all fight around <laughs> ringside and then it yeah. takes them, I think about five minutes before yeah. it becomes one where they have to tag in and out Austin triple H do. And it just yeah. <laughs> caught me off guard. Me too, man. I thought it was the same thing. I was like, Oh, this is even going to be more like fun to watch because it'll be just two on one the whole time. Those are always fun to see how it takes going to get out of it. No, it's winds up being about five minutes from now. It's going to be a tag match. So, um, they're stomping a mud hole in Taker. They're double-teaming him. He ducks a clothesline and clotheslines both of them. Knocks Triple H over the top rope. Goozles Austin, but Triple H trips him and drags him outside. Triple H and Taker battle up the rampway, and I just wrote these nutty UK fans are blowing their air horns, man. They're doing their little, like... <laughs> they love that. Just, yeah, they love the air horns. I've, I've, I've missed those because we haven't covered one in, in a little bit. So... And then commentary call out Hefner's lack of referee skills as he's not counting a count. Nope, no count. I think here. Paul Heyman's like, why isn't he counting? So I just, again, man, just come on, Hefner, get it together, brother. Um, Austin attacks Taker and reverses a pile driver on the ramp to cause Austin to land back first on the ramp, which, again, just to me is scary to watch as a shoot because Austin's neck problems and stuff. I hate watching him take those bumps on the hard surfaces like that. If he hadn't, maybe he'd still be wrestling. Yeah, he might be. <laughs> Chick Taker and Triple H are going to pair off now and fight back over towards the ring by the announce table to you know, tease that spot. Uh, Triple H is going to avoid going through it here this time, but you know it's Chekhov's announce table. If you introduce the announce <laughs> table, it's gonna, we're going to see it later on, of course. So keep that oh, yes. in your mind. As they finally get into the ring here, uh, Undertaker kind of starts building up momentum, hits old school on Triple H, and Michael Cole has another <laughs> great commentary moment here. Yeah, he says, no one does it better. And I just wrote, how about no one does it, period. No one else does it. <laughs> Nobody does it. It's his move. Him. It's his spot. Yeah. Nobody does it better. Like, yes, that's because literally no one does it, Cole. Come <laughs> on, man. I wish Heyman would have just hit him, like punched him. <laughs> like, oh. And then we get the absolutely sensical part of this match here as well. As Undertaker hits a DDT on Triple H and goes for the pin. On yes. Triple H, the man he cannot win the title from. <laughs> right. Uh, Austin comes in, breaks it up, and, like and I said, that, this is a point too. where we, we realize it's a tag match. And also, why would Austin break it up? Exactly. Let him it. The match yes. is over. Your title is safe. And even commentary call him out on that. Now, I think it's Heyman and Cole. Both are just like, you know, 
there's a crack in his psychology there. You know, if he just let Taker win, he wouldn't have been in danger of losing his title. So yes. that's just – I don't know if they didn't get the memo backstage or what. I don't know what. Something happened that – it just didn't make any sense. Like, seriously, just let him pin Triple H and call it a day. <laughs> Terrible psychology here at play. Man, it's so frustrating. Like, obviously you're using that stipulation to protect the title and allowing sure. Undertaker to uh, to – probably get over here uh without winning the belt but god i mean pay attention to it man like you said austin should not be making the save there yeah and plus if they had just taken that stipulation off this match it would have been the same exact match it doesn't need to be a title match yeah just exactly. have it be a handicap match just have it be a handicap match for all the Easy gold all the power whatever just right take the take the stipulation away and it's literally the, could have played out the same way yep and would have made more sense <laughs> Oh. Austin continues to break up some more pen attempts on, on Triple H. Uh, and despite all of this, despite what we're saying, and I guess probably because the crowd didn't understand that that was the rules, I, I doubt a lot of them realized that was yeah. the case. The crowd really does start getting into it here. Like you said, sure. you mentioned, they they are really into seeing these guys. It's, it's three of the top guys ever in the history of the business in the yeah. ring here. Uh, they make the match more enjoyable to me. Absolutely. The crowd does. Absolutely. Um and Austin, like we mentioned last week, he is a great heel. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't. I think the problem is we didn't really want to see him as a heel at this point in time. But he was great yeah. at it. Uh, yeah. And he does this move I really loved. He bounces off and hits the ropes like he's gonna do. You know, do the middle fingers and drop that elbow on Taker. But instead, he just stops Undertaker. Instead, <laughs> he stops himself from doing the move that the crowd yeah. loves and exactly. stops him. Instead, Kevin Owens <clears throat> does some stuff like that. Yeah, he sometimes does. and probably got it from Austin. You got it from you know he does. He's a yeah. huge Austin Mark. So yeah, yeah. I, I love when that. he does do stuff like that. It's good. I think Randy Orton will do it every now and then too. He'll do mm-hmm. stuff like that when he's a heel. So I hate to put on Randy Orton, but uh, it's, he's growing on me. But yeah, he does good good heel psychology there. It's fun. And yeah, Austin does death presses and then winds up dropping the elbows anyway. So so much for that tease. <laughs> he does it anyway. Yeah, true. And then and he does the Thez press too, which as a heel he shouldn't have been doing that. Man, that right. was such a baby face move. But, oh yeah, man, whatever. He uh, catches him with a goozle and hits a big boot on Triple H who comes and makes the save and Triple H then attacks him and they have the double down spot. So him, Triple H and Taker both laying down, crowd's kind of getting hot. You know, it, the double down works perfectly in this spot and the crowd is just eating it up. You know, um, Stephanie then comes and she provides distraction for Earl Hebner as Austin grabs a chair and he nails Taker in the head with it in the ring. But he only gets a two count. Um, so, so much of that equalizer. But Austin does our favorite spot ever here. He does the multiple pins after the yes. two count. Undertaker gets his shoulder up, and Austin just keeps putting it down and keeps going for pins here. And it's never worked ever in the history of wrestling, but we love to see it. <laughs> yep. Again, he and Triple H, both Ric Flair marks. So both modeled their in-ring style after, after Ric Flair, and that's oh, one yeah. of his best spots. So, so. much. Um, Triple H comes in now. He's in control. They We kind of swap reversals until Triple H gets Taker in a sleeper. They kind of go back and forth with the sleeper thing. And then I just wrote, this is a long sleeper spot, man. Really long spot. But, um, but it does get are... the uh, crowd start stomping and clapping, sure. trying to uh, get Undertaker back into it. I mean, it does its yeah. job. It does what it's supposed to do. Oh, yeah, it's good. And it's just 
it's it it's one heat segment basically here yeah. because in that tag match from last month they had two of these and it just right. really took away from the, the match. But this is we get the one big long heat segment, which is fine. It, you're supposed to have these, but it's just really long. But like I said, the crowd is into it. They're stomping on those. I get they have like metal bleachers or something. I don't know. It's just a really good sound they're, they're stomping on and everything. And um, but Taker's eyes roll in the back of his head, and but Paul Heyman goes. Not like they were ten years ago, or, or years ago, or something like that. It's just, you know, I just I appreciate that continuity. No, that's a good there. line. Yeah. So, uh, but he's not going to tap out here. Oh no, no, no! He's going to rise up from the brink of death and hit a flying clothesline <laughs> here. Uh, Austin's going to tag in and try for a sleeper of his own, but Taker reverses it to his own sleeper, and then Austin reverses that, hits a suplex, uh, tags Triple H in, and Triple H does his new favorite move, the flying nothing, as he. Heads up to the top rope, and Undertaker's on the ground, and Triple H is like going for a double axe handle while Taker's on the ground, and Taker, of course, gets his boot up and uh, hits Triple H, and just I hate, I hate that spot so How do much. they call that spot in the ring? He's all right, all right, go, go down, fly nothing. I, <laughs> I think it. so. What else can it be? Not going for an actual move. It's so stupid. Yeah, yeah, it's it's dumb. Uh, it's. Even even as a kid, when I was questioning, is it real or predetermined? <laughs> that one always stood out to me. It's like, yeah. uh, what was he trying to go for there? So, um, you know, Austin tags in. Taker does a spot from Backlash where he runs back and forth between Triple H and Austin and Turnbuckles, which is a cool spot. I mean, oh, he's, yeah. just, he's running full speed at these guys. I love it. So um, somehow they make it to the outside. I don't remember exactly. But then Taker's pummeling Austin. But – you see him checking over his shoulder for the next spot that's coming. So the camera kind of gets a, a tight shot and, and <laughs> Taker's checking over his shoulder. And basically Triple H jumps mm-hmm. off the apron at, um, at Taker, but Taker catches him. And then, as you mentioned earlier, we introduced that announce table that's been cleaned off. When Taker catches him, he choke slams him through the announce table. So there it was. There's the payoff. Always love a good old fashioned table spot. Always gets the crowd awake and into things here. Uh, Austin, though, is going to attack Undertaker, and this two-on-one advantage is going to continue to pay off for the power trip. Uh, He goes for a stunner, but Austin reverses it. Uh, Undertaker goes for a chokeslam, and Austin gets that Death Valley blow and hits uh, the new move that you've coined, the 316 here, as (laughs) Taker's laying in the ropes, and Austin jumps on him, and it smashes him into the ropes. And He almost goes through the ropes, man. It's crazy. Austin (laughs) does. goes flying. He goes flying, and when he does, you can tell what's about to happen next. He scrapes Taker's ear with his knee brace, is what happened because it looked it looked like a rough landing. And then, like I said, when Austin almost goes to the ropes and he has to catch himself, well, then the very next thing that happens is we see them in the ring, and and uh, Taker reverses an Irish whip and hits a choke slam on Austin. And um, <laughs> this part too, I love because Taker's like resting on the top rope. Um, which probably for a shoot because his his head's bleeding, you know. Yeah, it's his his ear has been busted open hard way. If this were yeah 2019, we'd see the referee pulling out the gloves and yep. and trying to check on him here, but not back yep. in the attitude here. Nope, nope, nope. But you hear roll. Triple H out loud go, "Cover him, cover him!" So I don't know if Taker <laughs> forgot the spot or what, but Taker covers Triple H or excuse me, t- covers Austin and Triple H breaks it up, and this is where you see kind of a better shot of Taker busted open on the ear from that three one six move. Um, which I'm sure it happens, but I'm sure that did not feel oh, no. good. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh. Triple H makes the save, uh, goes for the pedigree, but Undertaker reverses it, tosses Triple wow. H into Austin into the corner. Sorry about my dogs barking here, people. Um, 
So they're excited about the finish of this match, yeah. I guess. Were you on your feet all day? Dogs are barking? <laughs> nope, I was on my butt, driving around. Uh, Triple H knocks Undertaker down, and Vince running out, much like he did at Backlash. Oh. He's got a chair with him this time, but oh no, he hits Triple H by mistake. Yeah, he accidentally hits his son that he loves, uh, Triple H, in the head. And uh, then Taker, uh, yeah, because Taker ducks it, and then he chokeslams Vince immediately. Then he chokeslams Triple H and covers Triple H to get the pinfall at 17 minutes and 12 seconds, which means he wins, but Austin keeps his title. No title change here, uh, even though he gets the victory. And honestly, the announcers did not say this, but here's my thing. I think the hard way blood from Undertaker, it helps that finish, even though it's stupid. Sure. Even though we're like, why in the world would he go for the pin on Triple H there? Like, just either lose or try to pin Stone Cold. It doesn't matter if you beat Triple H. But right. here's my explanation is that Undertaker started bleeding. He knew he was in trouble. He knew that you know, he's busted open that way and so he wanted to avoid any further injury and keep himself safe since he knows he's got that judgment day title shot coming up so he just decides to get out of dodge and and end the match uh any way that he can so he goes for the pin and gets the win there and he knows he's not gonna win the title that way but he wants to protect himself going forward so i thought you could make that argument (laughs) but of course commentary doesn't say anything like that but nope you know (laughs) That makes perfect sense, though, if it were the case. But, yeah, that I like the way you broke that down. That that would make perfect sense. So, yeah. Um, well, speaking of something that makes sense, so immediately after they lose, Austin gets in the ring and eats Chokeslam himself. So for no reason he gets in the ring. The match is <laughs> over. He had no reason to get in the ring. He does. And then Taker's nailing all three of them across the back with chairs. He's hitting Vince, Triple H, and Austin just – Pretend like they're Lita, I guess. <laughs> There's some spanking, man. It's all yeah, them spank- on the butt with the chair. <laughs> chair spankings. Uh, but then Heyman puts over. He's like, Come big daddy man- dead man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hello, boy. <laughs> Heyman's putting over how this is the most, maybe the most important victory of the year in the World Wrestling Federation since Taker got revenge for his brother and was able to defeat the two-man power trip, which... I disagree. He Come didn't win the on, title. Dude. Yes. <laughs> the most important win in the most important match of the year. Stop. Yeah. Stop Is it. that U- the UK? But, you know, if you're Which is UK not fan, even going to be mentioned on TV afterward. <laughs> right. We're never going to talk about it. Right. So, uh, Taker throws, it, throws, excuse me, throws his hands up and cheers. the crowd cheers outside. And he gets on his motorcycle and Cole says, the two-man power trip has had the power sucked out of it tonight. So Stop it. I guess he's a succubus. I don't know. But, yeah. um, anyway... Taker poses with his fist in the air on the top of his tiny motorcycle, and that's it. That's how we go off the air here. And you that's can, it. you know, uh, definitely not an essential Undertaker match, but for what it was, nope. which is basically a glorified house show main event, you know, which a lot of these UK shows are, is fine. Fine for what yeah. it was. The psychology was pretty silly and, shoddy. and pretty shoddy. <laughs> But and it's got some fun moments. Like I thought last month's match had some yeah. fun moments too. But yeah, it just didn't go. Uh, it didn't push into that upper echelon of Undertaker matches for me. Not as good as some of the other UK matches we've seen either. Yeah, in my opinion. No, definitely not. It's it's yeah. You know, it has the spots, but it was it was better to me. Better than the, the tag match just because it didn't have a double heat segment and. You weren't in Cynthia on Kane, but uh, other than that, man, it was you know don't go out of your way. But if you're one of our fans and you're one of our creatures of the night, 
you know, we encourage you guys to watch all of them, but you don't have to. You can miss this one. It's okay. <laughs> don't worry about it. Well, we did hear, Travis, you know, you always talk about wanting to hear from people who were at the show. We got a couple of responses on Twitter. Uh, we love hearing from our UK fans. We do have a good number of you out there in the UK. So we heard from a, a couple. Lot. So we heard from at Masked Wrestlers on Twitter. Richard Land says uh, he was there. He remembers the fans pelting Austin, Triple H, and Stephanie in the ring with rubbish. Uh, so you can mm. tell he's British. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at the end of the show. Uh, while they played a trailer for the Scorpion King on the big screens. <laughs> that was happening. It's <laughs> a classic memory for you. <sighs> oh, man. <laughs> and then Ryan Scott, at Ryan11Scott on Twitter, uh, was also there. Says they remember that nearly every single person in the arena had a sign. And as a kid, it was very hard to see at times, which we have... <laughs> Uh, we have definitely seen on these shows, man. It is insane the number of signs on there. And actually, if you go over to our Instagram, at Talking Taker on Instagram, I've been trying to put up uh, some of the signs of the week from some of these different shows mm-hmm. and uh, stuff we've been covering because there are some excellent Dead Man signs from around this time. So many good ones. Oh, yeah. Characters of Undertaker and puns on there. So go check those out uh, if you want, folks. A lot uh, of people wishing they had Indeed.com back then because they were trying to apply for Dead Man Inc., man. A lot of people <laughs> trying to apply. Uh, I think some people wanted Match.com, too, because there's a lot of ladies yeah. trying to uh, Big Daddy meet, up, Dead man. meet up with Big Daddy Dead Man. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so thanks, guys. Thanks, Ryan and Richard, for letting us know about it, uh, letting us know what you thought. And we always love hearing from you, our Creatures of the Night, about what you thought of these matches and hearing your memories of these shows. So join the conversation, Creatures of the Night. Join the Creature community on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Talking Taker. We make it very easy for you to follow us on all those platforms. And we post a lot of the buildup and a lot of fun stuff. And like I said, uh, screenshots of some of these great signs in the audience and a lot of fun stuff over there. You can even see some of my uh, hand-drawn images mm. some of my mm-hmm. images of kane and paul bear back from when i was a kid i uh, risked embarrassment by posting those on there so let me know what you thought of those okay. travis oh. you're always a much better artist than i uh. Uh, i don't have any more artwork though i threw it all away in 2007 oh, no. so yep there's a reason i do all that stuff away yeah. we'll get to that eventually we will <laughs> uh we of course want to hear what you thought of the episode so leave us a comment or uh go and leave us a rating on any of the podcasting services, whichever ones you're listening to, that helps us out a ton. Spread the word, if you can, through social media. And that is what we always love to hear from. We appreciate everybody's kindness and kind words and comments and replying back to us as well. We loved hearing. We talked about the end of the year, 2018, and your Undertaker memories and had a lot yeah. of people uh, saying their favorite memory was that WrestleMania match, which you talked about in the comic book. I didn't realize it made it into the graphic novel. <laughs> yeah, dude. Man, that's pretty cool. Hot off the press, man. Hot off the press. <laughs> put that out. So. And uh, we're going to be here throughout all of 2019 covering The Undertaker's past career. And we'll, of course, talk about whatever's happening in the present as WrestleMania season begins here very soon. I'm sure we will be getting some Undertaker rumblings and appearances if you will, very, very shortly uh, in the current times. I'm hoping for him and Cena part two. I hope it's an actual match itself. I hope they have an actual build. That's just me. That I don't makes know what the Cena's most sense doing, to me. But I want to see 
another one where Cena wants to come back and I do too. same storyline as Triple H and, and and HBK. I want to redeem myself from last year. I want to see that. Um, Maybe honestly, it could be so. a hair versus hair match and Cena could Dear. lose. <laughs> <laughs> JBL Cena, man. John Bradshaw Cena. Oh, man. <laughs> He looks, he looks yeah. like something. Yeah, I don't know. It's terrible. <laughs> of course, uh, we would also appreciate you got any extra funds in your stocking. If you want to throw something our way, head on over to tpublic.com and pick up some Talking Taker merch. Take your easy shirt, I'm a biker taker guy or girl shirt, stickers, mugs, hoodies, all that good stuff. Help support the show if you can, if you'd like. But, uh, you know, spreading the word, word of mouth. That's the biggest way you can support us out on the internet. And if you're looking for another podcast to listen to, we, of course, are going to keep rolling, rolling, rolling onto the last ride. And next week's show is we talk about Undertaker and Stone Cold at Judgment Day 2001. And if you can't get enough Stone Cold, you can always hit up our friends over at the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. They are at Bottom Line Cast on Twitter as they go through Stone Cold Steve Austin's WWE career. So uh, you're looking for a parallel of that. They haven't gotten up to that match yet. They're in 1997 right now. Definitely the glory days of Austin right in the midst of that uh, awesome run. So go check them out. Uh, Tell them Talking Taker sent you over there on the podcast feed. And that's all I've got to say, man. What else you got? That's all you got to say about that? That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Well, check out the, uh, the um, poster for Insurrection, too. We'll post it. You see Taker, I, and Lita on there. That's Big Day Dead Man. It's kind of weird. I'm, I'm checking it out right now as we're talking, but it looks kind of weird as we've been talking about Big Day Dead Man. But anyway, well, I, I'm not going to waste my time and say if you were there, because we've already heard from some of you that were there, but I guess I will. If you were, if you were also there, let us know. If you are there in jolly old London, jolly old England, let us know what it was like to be there. Um... You got to see Benoit and Angle in a two out of three falls match. Jericho and William Regal. Bradshaw and the Big Show. Uh, uh, yeah, Eddie Guerrero and Grandmaster Sexay. So, yeah, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of stuff there. Main event uh, anywhere in the country. Radicals and the Hollies. Edge and Christian versus Dudleys versus X-Factor versus the Hardys. So, yeah, got a lot of stuff there on that card. I'm not sure that was basically a house show, it sounds like. So, um, but this this match was was decent. So anyway, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you next week for Judgment Day. And there's your Jerry Lynnism from the week. And uh, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, take her easy. with your final Survivor Series report. It is right around the corner. This Wednesday night, Thanksgiving Eve, exclusively on pay-per-view cable television. Folks, I'm talking about the Survivor Series. This is the ultimate in team competition and so much more. I strongly suggest you pick up the blower right now. Get on the phone and contact your local cable company. Avoid busy operators at the 11th hour. Now then, We have just heard from the World Wrestling Federation champion Hulk Hogan. It sounds to me like he is ready for his greatest challenge. That greatest challenge, by the way, is standing by right now with his manager, Paul Bear. Let's hear from The Undertaker. 